What is going on, you guys? Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast with Kendra Jarrett. I love my topic for today, but listen, I got a 50% off announcement on what you ask. So I am thrilled to announce a special partnership with Just Meats. I've posted about it here and there. It is a company that I've personally enjoyed for its convenience, taste, and affordability. And seriously, though, the beef tri-tips, which I had yesterday, are to die for. I had them with some green beans and it just hit the spot and really keeps me full. Listen, I have boiled down my meat prep to like chicken and chicken sausage just because I do not love the process of getting the raw meat, trimming the fat, and then cooking it down. It is it is the hardest part of meal prep for me. And I've gotten to the point where there just wasn't a lot of variety until now. So why just meats. It's convenient. Simply order your meats. They are prepared for delivery. And then you reheat them with super simple instructions. When they come in, they have a wide variety of high quality, flavorful meats. Um, and you, you get more for your budget. Actually it's affordable. So you can do the breakdown. Um, and it's totally makes sense. I wish I had had this while Jack was living at home. It would have made my life a lot easier, but my lifestyle now, this is perfect. It's for families. It's for single people. You name it. It's just easy and fast. So now through December 30th, you're going to receive 50% off your order when you use my link, which is linked in the show notes. I'll make it super clear for you. Um, let me know if you have any questions, but you will not be disappointed um, and you don't want to miss out on this unique opportunity. Um, it is also going to help you hit those macros. So if you're working with me, hitting your macros is key and protein, real food is first. So it is live and it's only for a limited time. This podcast is also brought to you by my very own fitness app which is the Strong Life app. It is easy to use. I have a wide variety of workouts. I do all the programming myself, you guys. So I have workouts that I've done in the past with myself, with clients, everything from dumbbell to full gym equipment. We do challenges in there. I have a community in there. I post in there almost every day and you can message me in there. It's $14.99 a month, which is a steal. And then two more things. The other thing is if you need custom macros, which I kind of just feel like everybody should have, especially if you haven't reached your goals and you're kind of putting all the pieces together, but you don't have the physique you want or the body composition you want, you may have a performance goal and I can help you set those macros. You can do weekly check-ins. You can message me there also. And I have a team that helps me in there um, that's highly qualified, very well-trained and, and we tag team to help people reach their goals. So jump in that app. It's $12.99 a month. The way to get uh, access to that is linked in the show notes as well. And then lastly, join my Facebook community. It's free. So listen, for under 30 bucks, you can have me program your workouts and have custom macros. And that is dirt cheap. Now it's up to you to do the work and do it for long enough to be able to get results and reach your goals. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I was just saying before we started recording that I'm like, oh, I'm a Maine girl. I'm a Maine girl. I miss Maine when I've been in Florida. I miss all oh, my family, friends. True. But this weather, damn, I'm out of here. Bye. See ya. I'll be back in the summer. <laughs> I, uh, whenever I'd go back to Cincinnati, 
for like short periods of time. You, you know, first of all, when you leave home and you're gone for a while, you always romanticize Oh. like things you used to do, the restaurants you used to eat at, the places you used to visit, the things your friends used Time to do. with your family. And then, and then like you get there, right? And like after two days, you're like, all right, get me the hell out of here. Like, this is horrible. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Like, listen, I'm looking at the weather right now. Tampa is uh, high of 71 today, 59. So it's probably like just a beautiful, nice morning. And it's going to be in the 70s, which is as, uh, just where it stays. Maine is 26 degrees right now with a wind chill, making it feel like it's like negative a million. Anyway. That is not why we're here. Today, I want to dive into, we. Are, first of all, we are live in Team Strong Life. Um, I'm going to put, drop your comments here. Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast. We've got Coach Kenny, who is an absolute dear friend, um, great friend, and just, you guys have obviously heard him on the podcast before. If you haven't, you should go back and listen, get a little taste. We have a similar outlook and different delivery styles, but I think it's always a good discussion with you 100% of the time. That's a pretty good percentage. That's a, that's really good. Yeah, that's good. And, I, and I like it. I get to do what I like in my business. And that is a big difference between when I worked in the corporate world and now it's like, I was talking to Dr. Campbell about that. Like I make decisions now based on whether or not I enjoy it, period. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> do I enjoy it? Yes, I will do it. Do I not? No. Okay. Let's figure out how to get rid of that. No, I, I, I also am that way. And it's, it's yeah. great to have flexibility, you know, because not everybody does, of course. And um, I think it's always great when, when you've created a spot in your life. And, and I think it's really important, Kendra, like we're not spring chickens, you know, neither one of us are young and it took us a long time to create this flexibility for ourselves. And mm. I'm enjoying it now that I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. This was big vision for sure. It was like a, it was like, I want to work online and help people and be able to work anywhere in the world. And I didn't worry too much about like what that would be. I knew it would be in the space somehow, but you know, this is just, this was just like one day at a time grind. And, um, I think that's really cool, you know? So I wanted to talk about something today that I have not experienced in quite the way that I'm experiencing it now. And, but people talk to me about it all the time. And I think there, when I assess this imposter sy syndrome issue, I'm realizing as I'm, why I'm feeling this way. And I'm taking a good look at like what I'm doing that's creating that. And it is self-inflicted. It's self-inflicted. And that's good news to me because most of the shit I go through is like, if I'm, if I'm in a tricky place, it's like, oh, oh, I did that. I created that situation. And imposter syndrome is one too. And I kind of realized the reason I haven't experienced it, but let's define it first. I'm going to read um, this because I think it's just going to help us level set. So imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishment and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud or like undeserving of their success. And this is despite external evidence of competence and achievements, people experiencing imposter syndrome believe that they 
are inadequate and they often attribute their to success to luck or external factors rather than their own abilities. This is not limited to particular group. So we happen to be in this industry, but I think this is a good topic because it could like, it's going to span across multiple industries and different types of people, but this can affect individuals across backgrounds, professions, and like a wide variety of levels of success. I've even talked to my brother who he sold his company to IBM for $200 million. He's a successful startup uh, uh, entrepreneur. He's, and we, we've talked about this. Um, people with this syndrome make constantly feel like they're deceiving others and that fear sooner or later will be discovered. Um, and that's really difficult. Um, and then lastly, it can be, it can actually have a significant impact on mental well-being, and it can lead to self-doubt, anxiety, and just literally a reluctance to take on new challenges. And it's really important to note that recognizing and addressing this syndrome involves a combination of things we're going to talk about today. So number one, self-awareness, cognitive restructuring, whether you do that on your own or you see somebody, a coach, that kind of thing to do it. And then just seeking support from others, friends, professional mentors is always helpful to me. It is one of the reasons why I always look forward to our discussions because it helps like make that connection with a peer that I respect. And then I also feel respected. Um, but, um, so for me, I'm just going to lay out this imposter syndrome situation I'm in. When I started my business four years ago, I had no doubt, no fear, no, nothing, no, um, nothing to lose basically. You know what I mean? Like I decided to quit my corporate job. I had the security of a partnership. I had um, confidence in what I was doing. And, you know, ignorance is bliss sometimes. I had no following on social media. I had 148 followers total, by the way. Now I have over 400,000. Um, I had nobody cared. So I could just experiment and and I was confident and comfortable it is only since I started this graduate program that imposter syndrome has kicked in. And I'm going to tell you why I've learned. And I couldn't really identify the feeling, but I was like, what is this like anxiety that I have? So number one, I was a really, I struggled in school as a child. I was diagnosed with dyslexia and like memory issues in elementary school I spent time down in Boston Children's Hospital being tested. I had tutors. I had to have special help. I, and, but I was like a really good athlete. I was in the like good, fun group. I never felt excluded, but I was really good at including people in our friend group. And I like, I always had like friends that like my popular group friends didn't have. So I knew how to have relationships and friendships. I love to make people laugh. And that's how I made connections. I also got a lot of encouragement for being a good athlete and a leader. So my principal would say, you're a good leader. You're just, you need to, you know, whatever he would say, but I've had like some adults in my life, give me really good encouragement and reward me. School was always my issue. And when you're in school, like when you're in school, school age child, you are 
it's very clear where you stand in terms of how, like what kind of a student you are. Um, Cause I had my head down on the desk a lot. I was in trouble a lot just for grades. Like it wasn't even like behavior so much. I was a little bit of a class clown, but I was also like slightly terrified to say the wrong thing, get the wrong answer. If you, the teacher called on me, I was never right. We know now that the feeling of embarrassment embarrassment is like the number one worst feeling you can inflict on somebody. So emasculating a man would be like the word that's like humiliating, um, being made fun of a teacher calling you and you don't have the answer and you think everyone's laughing. And that was just like how I saw myself. I saw myself as stupid. Um, I was all, my parents tried to help, like nobody could help me, Kenny. It was, it was, I barely graduated high school. So I of course didn't go to college right away. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I moved to the Virgin Islands, got into some shit, it, got out of it. And I came back, redeemed myself. Took me 23 years to graduate undergrad, 23 years to, from the time, my first class till I graduated. And it was just a, it's, it's been a thing for me. Okay. So I start my business, no fear. Cause I am a risk taker, which got me in some trouble some years, but mostly the risk taker is like, I don't spend a lot of time looking back. I am looking forward and I am, I, I have a vision and it's just about chipping away at it to reach that goal. And I've always been that way. Um, so here I am, successful business by anybody's standards. I start graduate school and dude, I am right back into the psychological place that I'm stupid. I'm embarrassed. I don't deserve to be there. Why did they accept me into this program? Um, I even had a conversation with Dr. Campbell that, and he was like, you know, when we talked in February, you kind of sounded, you made yourself sound like you were like kind of... <laughs> had nothing going for you. Like he had no idea that I had this business, um, which I told him like, what was I supposed to say? Like, just so you know, I'm very successful. He just, I just, he wanted to know if the program was right for me. So I start these classes and the teacher calls on me. I don't have the answer. Um, I'm embarrassed. I'm always getting it wrong. I'm not a good test taker again. I'm working with Dr. Campbell, who's mentoring me, like mentoring me. We meet once a week and I'm writing a narrative review and I'm doing all these things that I'm not good at, that I'm not comfortable with, that are challenging me every single day. And I feel like I'm, it for the first time, I feel like a fraud, like somebody's going to figure out that I'm not that smart and that they should never have let me into that program. And I'm just being vulnerable here. Like I'm, I know what to do with this. I know it's not true, but it's like, I want to quit every day. I don't want to go back to January. <laughs> and it's so interesting to me. I know I've said a lot, but it's like, it's, it's like, everyone's like, you'll do great on your exam. It's like, no, dude, I almost failed my exam. Like, it's like that for me. I barely scratched making a grade that's keep, I have to have a, maintain a B average for me to have a B average. I've never had a B average. So I am out of my element. 
I'm, I'm, I'm with people who are brilliant, accomplished, smart. And I'm like, what are they letting me in there for? It's weird. I feel like a therapist right now. I think I'm supposed to. That's, I don't know if you know this, but that's what we're doing. (laughs) I think I'm supposed to say like, how does that make you feel? And then just. You are. While you rattle off some more stuff. So Kendra, how does that make you feel? (laughs) I already told you. (laughs) (laughs) I just told you how it makes me feel. Let's break it down a little bit. I mean, let me <laughs> let me make some assumptions. No, let me don't. Make those assumptions really. Please don't. No, I, I think it's important. I just think this is good because so, I'm about to get somebody schooled me last night on my podcast. She told me I had, she told me I had limiting beliefs. Jen Thompson, the 11 time world record powerlifting champion, who holds she does bench presses 327 and she weighs 138 pounds. She's my age. She told me to my face on my podcast, <laughs> I have limiting beliefs. Well, she bitches more than me. I don't have limiting beliefs, but I do have bad 327. <laughs> I'm like, but I do anyway, think, let's be real about this. Okay. So I, I think in our industry, um, it's not, and this sounds kind of horrible, I guess, but I, that is, doesn't surprise uh, me coming from it, you. <laughs> it's not very hard to be successful initially. I don't think you have to have a lot of um, traditional academia um, in order to be a successful coach. You know, I think you can have some. Agreed. You can have yeah. some basic skills. Yep. But you can have lived a lot of life i.e. Kenny Claiborne Agreed. and have to help people through some other things while also having some basic information about nutrition, fitness, things like that, and be successful. So I think when you first started, you, you had been doing this for a while, personally, your own fitness, nutrition, you'd been a coach for well, a while. Well, I'd already been a coach in yeah. my 20s. So yeah, I was comfortable. Right. But I think that as you progress, you left that basic crowd behind so where you were at before you started this program was probably in the top five or ten percent of nutrition and fitness coaches across the nation if i had to guess i mean just throwing out a fake number like we always do thanks or higher or maybe higher higher. yeah or higher of the yeah no i i agree i agree i know what you're saying but then i think when you when you make this leap Right. And you decide, hey, I want to go get some more formalized education and I want to go to one of the best programs in the nation, which Bill Campbell has. I think now you put yourself directly back into the population of you're kind of getting with a bunch of people at one time who have in your classroom, the students, they do have formal academia. And that is why most of them are there. And they probably have a lot more academic background in that particular endeavor. So it might feel like you're a little bit behind in regards to some of that stuff. And oh, by the way, like you're probably, if I had to guess, you're probably the oldest student in the class. I am. I have my buddy, Craig, who is a Marine. He's 48. So we, we connect pretty well on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that it's a little bit of an intimidating situation, you know, um, 
I mean, I would definitely feel the same way. I think it, dude, it's like, um, like I have like Ivy league, uh, classmates, valedictorians, like, like it's easy for them. It's easy. It, it literally is easy for them. For a lot of them, it's a review. So I think that reminds me that every time you get to the top of a mountain, you're just, if, if you are a, if you are somebody who wants to progress, you're just at the bottom of the next, you're just like, you're just, I'm just like, Whoa, like, wow. It, when it comes to research and I'm, the goal is to have me be published. That's the whole goal and to write a book. Oh my gosh. Wait, is this a granddaughter? Okay, come say hi. Hi. She's on our podcast. You want to say hi? Come on, oh up. my gosh. Hello. In person. I'm going to cry. Oh my gosh. She's beautiful. Hi. Oh my gosh. I get it. Oh my gosh. I have goosebumps. For those of you who will be listening, Kenny's beautiful, adorable granddaughter just walked in. I'm like getting teary here. She's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, a. so a couple things happened, right? Number one, I'm comparing myself to people that I'm not even like, right? Like it's, it reminds me of when I say that my clients are comparing themselves to like me, who's been lifting weights for 30 years. No, you have to compare yourself to somebody who's also kind of an idiot who just, I'm sorry, I, I'm only saying that to be funny, but I know people think that that really gets in there. So I'm, I need to be, I don't even have, there's not even a comp for me, you know? And even my, even my professors who are like younger than me, all of them, even Dr. Campbell's 48. So I'm like, as your elder, you know, and I'll, I'll give him a hard time. He's very funny, like very fun. But, um, so I can, he can respect me on business because that's something he hasn't done, but I, I respect that him on his passion for just his focus. He is so incredibly smart to just be there and listen to him is like, he's the way he manages our, our team. It's, it's unbelievable. He's, he's just, he's amazing. And I can't wait till my graduate program is over so I can have him on the podcast. But, um, it's just watching people in their element that where it's natural for them and they're really good at it. I, I think it feels like such a leap, like how that's such a leap. But as Jen Thompson was schooling me last night, like the way to think about it isn't like, how am I ever going to get there? It's, what do I need to do today? And I talk to my people about that, right? Like we coach on that. And yet here I am totally being able to relate to somebody who's like, how the fuck am I going to lose 50 pounds? And where do I start? And it's like, you can't, I'm like, how am I going to get this book done? It's like one sentence at a time, you know? I do know. And and I, if I had to guess, Kendra, you're on the surface, you know, I bet it looks calm underneath. Oh, you know, eggs are paddling, you know, I'm pretty I'm sure dying inside. Of course. Dying. Well, I believe 
just knowing you that you're probably very good because you show up every day and you probably have some good self-talk techniques and some things you're doing to move you along daily. It might not be focused, you know, long-term, but I'm sure every day you're getting up and having that conversation in your mind about, man, one more day. How do I get there? Let's just go do this. I'm ready. The other problem that I can relate to with our clients, frankly, as I'm not, if I'm honest, I'm not enjoying all parts of the process and I have to do it to get to the goal. Mm -hmm. And I, because I haven't had to do a lot of things I don't want to do in the last four years, I'm struggling to do things I don't want to do that I'm also not good at every single day. And it's like, this is what our people deal with. They want the goal. They don't want to do the work. And I get it. Like, I don't want to do this, but I know that in two years, I will be so fucking proud of myself. Yep. And and I deal with this all the time. And yeah. So let's hear about your situation. Well, no, I mean, not necessarily. So I mean, okay. you, damn. Let's, well, no, let's, well, we can get back a little bit, you know. So for everyone here who's listened for a while, you already know, but I think it's important to talk about. There's a couple things that, that come in mind for me when it comes to imposter syndrome. Um, and I think the first thing that, you know, comes to mind when I go all the way back to when I joined the Army, uh, I think it's important to note that I was not like Kendra at all. Well, I was not a great student, so we do share that in high school, I barely got by, I barely graduated. I didn't have a lot of drive. And a lot of that had to do with self-confidence. You know, I was just ready to go to work, ready to help school and be done with it. But the bottom line is I wasn't a physically fit guy. I wasn't into fitness. I didn't care about any of those things. Um, and so it's important because when I joined the army, I really didn't know physically what I was getting into. And it's important because when you show up, to entry training, I didn't show up like your son, like uh, this physical stud, this guy yeah. had been working for a while. I showed up this six foot one, 175 pound kid, just really lanky, not in great shape. And you have to do 13 pushups to go from the MEPS to your basic training unit. And I failed that first test. Right. So, you know, basic training is supposed to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I failed mm -hmm. this first test. I didn't know it was coming anything. Right. So I got down, I failed this test. It was really the first time in my life I'd failed anything. You know, I had made it through high school, but let's be honest. Like I was doing the bare minimum, doing what it took to get by. So I, I failed this test and it took me like an extra month to get through basic training because I had to like keep retesting, keep practicing. And then I finally got onto my unit. But that one moment of failure ended up causing me to have these imposter syndromes throughout my whole career. Because, you know, fitness is obviously a big part of the army. And not that I didn't become very good at it, but obviously every time I took a test, any type of fitness test from that point forward in the army, mm. I had this huge issue with failure. Now, no matter how many, 31 years, I probably took 100 fitness tests, easy. But that one time that I failed created this mm. 
issue for me for 31 years. No matter how many times I passed the test, I always thought about failing that test. The anxiety, the fail, the, the fear of failure, the what might happen if I did, like you talk about it, like being called on in class. Like, what if I couldn't answer a question? Like, what if as a leader, I couldn't pass this test? It never was I in doubt, but I had these issues. And, you know, when I transitioned from the army, Kendra, and I decided to become a coach, I didn't have a lot of the experience that you had. You know, you'd been a coach for a while when you decided to set up your business. I literally went from like coaching myself to reading about fitness and nutrition, getting some certifications, to finding a few people that trusted me, and then having some success as a coach in an industry where there were people that had been doing this for a long, long time. So even though I was having success, I was really struggling with like putting my voice out there, like on social media, like kind of getting in front of other people, sharing my opinion, because I was afraid that like my opinions weren't valid and that what I was mm -hmm. talking about was accurate, you know? And so like, I really struggled with a lot of these things for a long time. I mean, I still struggle with them. I really do. Yeah. I, I remember you talk, cause you couldn't say like, at least when I come back, I could say, Hey, I did this for, you know, like 10 years or seven years, whatever it was. Like I, I could say that and I could come back with confidence. I just knew that I needed to scale it differently because it was online now and I, there had other opportunities and like, that was amazing. And so I knew I could do it and I had already had lots of client success. I'd worked with people in person, in gyms and home gyms I'd had. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. That wasn't hard, but the thing you said about that first. So when you failed, was it embarrassing? Like, cause it's among your peers, right? Of course. Well, yeah. because so you show up to the MIPS and you're with mm -hmm. you know, 150 people that are going to basic training together. All you have to do is do these push-ups, and you're all going to go to your unit and get started. And there were like three of us that didn't pass, you know, oh, 13 push-ups push for a man. Right. And yeah. again, oh. you know what I do? so it was hard. Oh. You know, it taught me a really good lesson early in life and early in my army career. Yeah. Didn't know, you know, you tr tried to make up for it for 30 more years. It's, it's amazing how like, being embarrassed among your peers is really difficult. Um, I have I have three professors. Dr. Campbell literally asked in the class, tell me who doesn't want me to call on you and I will never call on you. Like he understands, like he's a scientist and he's quirky scientist, but he's emotionally intelligent. He's not trying to inflict embarrassment on people. Then I have another professor who I think it's his freaking mission to embarrass people. And I don't understand that. We've had, I've had a talk with him about this, like nothing formal, but like he's said something to me. He apologized. I totally understood what he was doing. So I, my initial reaction was to laugh. But if you think I didn't think about it for about, four more days, you're wrong. Like I was embarrassed by what he said to me. And um, it was like an unnecessary comment and it just made me feel stupid. And like, that is not, and that happens a lot in that class. And that's not a good way. Like that's never good. 
but also me, I'm like, it's his class. This is how he runs it. He gets to make the rules and it's my job to like learn from this approach. So I'm, I don't expect everyone to change their rules for me. I just know that there's a good chance that at some point in his class, I'm going to be like painfully embarrassed, but luckily I'm at the age where I know nobody's thinking about it, but me, like nobody right. also for a week was like, damn. In fact, if anything, they would probably have some empathy. And it happened to one of my other classmates and she was, it was horrifying. And she, you know, these, you, the thing about these Gen Z's is that they will tell you like, she, she's like, oh no, <laughs> you're not going to do that to me. And that's, that's kind of new. But, um, it, for me, old school, it's like, if, if he's tossing everyone the ball and you have to answer a question, like sucks to be me, you know, better be, be better, be more prepared. So the, yeah. the standard is helping me level up, but I think it's tough because, you know, I think one of the reasons why for you, it just rolls off your back. I mean, you might think about it, but I think probably throughout your life, you know, we're the same age. So ish, we're much more resilient. A year older. Okay. Okay. What? Well, whatever. I mean, significantly. Signi yes. Significantly. Like but I do think months. more resilient than younger people. And I think that makes a huge difference. You know, yeah. How but no, that is embarrassing. I mean, and I try really hard. Like, I, I think, you know, obviously we all learn from leaders, good and bad. You know, there's good and bad things to take from people that are put in charge of us in our life. And I'm sure that what that guy does is something you would never do. It's something I would never do. Even on my Zooms, when I'm talking with my people, you know, there's certain people that I know are ready to rise to the, to the occasion and I'll call on them to share Right. But there are certain people I would never in a million years, just because I kind of know that person's not willing to share and it would put them on the spot and totally embarrass them if they couldn't answer the question. You know, I, th I think it's important to understand that about people. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the, the, the whole, uh, when I worked at my corporate job, you praise in public and you like have the difficult conversations in private. That's how that goes. You know, you never, Every once in a while, I'll get a little spicy with somebody, um, you know, but mostly it's like the goal isn't to embarrass people, but I know it happens sometimes. And you don't even like on my team calls, it's like you might be being just really direct mm -hmm. and that could embarrass somebody. So I, I'm, I have at times been like, Ooh, maybe that was, you know, that probably was harder than it sounded for them to ask that question. You know, like it's mostly going to be crickets in a, in a, you know, people are afraid to share and ask because it's like, they feel like it's stupid. And now I know that more than ever. Um, my uh, last professor, Dr. Buckner is just the most gracious, amazing human being. Well, if you don't follow him, you should follow him. Dr. Buckner, Dr. Campbell. And then I think Dr. Kilpatrick doesn't have a, um, but Dr. Buckner's whole approach is um, not only does he not make you feel stupid, you could say the craziest thing and he will try. You can watch him trying like he's taking you seriously, mm -hmm. like 
even if you're totally wrong, he's like, okay, that's, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I could kind of see that. I mean, you might not be right, but I might not be right either. Like he's just very humble and I think it's natural. I don't even think that's hard for him. And I always think smart people don't make people feel stupid. Like every person that I know that's really smart, like they don't do that to people. Like Campbell doesn't do that. Dr. Chad doesn't do that. uh, Buckner doesn't do that. Like they're just, they're really just in it with you. They're not like trying to make you feel stupid. Which I think is a good point, right? To your, to your situation, you know, getting this, back into that area of imposter syndrome you know it's like for you academia wise you might feel like you're in over your head or you're maybe amongst some folks that have a leg up on you and that can be intimidating but I would say Kendra I bet very few of those people have the ability to connect with people like you do you know and run an organization like you do and I think and again like when we start talking about positive self-talk and like how do you kind of keep your head afloat like I think there's probably so many of your peers in that class that couldn't coach their way out of a wet paper bag you know yeah right not yet anyway yeah they're young yeah they don't have the emotional intelligence yet to do one one thing that's really helped me is really bonding with some of the students um the younger students they could be my daughters but like Mm -hmm. Um, I had them over for study group, but even having them over for study group, it's clear to me that like, I am just like very far behind and, and I just, if it, but, but I keep thinking it's not going to get any better if I just like, I have, I have to lean into it. Like I have to lean into it but it, never have I wanted to quit something that I've committed to every day the way I want to quit this. I think when I, I, I enjoy doing the research. I enjoy, um, I'm learning to enjoy the writing aspect of it. Um, I've learned where I procrastinate. Dr. Campbell asked me what the things I like and the things I don't like. If I could just wake up and do anything, what would it be? I said the podcast and like a couple other things, but, um, but the, the best way I can relate, like there are people that we work with that have no problem with discipline and confidence in their career, right? They're just, they're probably absolute badasses. I know many of them super successful women by anybody's CEOs. standards. What's that? CEOs, executives. Oh I yeah. Them. Like, yeah. like oh. people that like outside of the app where they're standing in their freaking underwear. And, yeah. and now it's like, I get how you can be one thing in one area. And like, it's just like, let's move that over to the other area. Like that's what I'm having to do now. So I know it can be done. It's like, you have, you have confidence in these areas you have. And the reason you have it is because you're good at it. And of course you don't have like confidence in things you're good at that you don't love. Like, of course you don't. Now I love it studying it. I love it once I'm in it, but it takes a lot of time. I have a business to run. So it's just, it's overwhelming. 
And then you just have to ask yourself, should I be there? But it feels the same to me as our clients who are, and I know that, I know we say how you do one thing is how you do everything. I think the only thing that's saving me is that, is discipline. There's no desire. It's pure discipline. And I wonder if we could get some of our clients to start thinking that way. Like you go to work every day, you show up to your meetings every day, you're getting your promotions, you're making your bank, you're like, that's discipline. Take that and put it into your health and fitness. Like, cause you already have the skill. I'm, I show up to the gym six days a week. I want to be there like two of them. You know, I'm serious. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah, I think people, and again, you're, you, you are probably different than me in this aspect, but like there's, I'm over it, you know, like, yeah, no, I get it. I, yeah. I'm like I've, it's basically <laughs> painful for me over yeah. the last couple of years, you know, and it's, like I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately over it. There's like Oops. two days a week. I want to be in the gym. Hold on. So I definitely understand, but I do think what you said is important for our people as well. You know, like you talked about having people over to your house, some of the girls from your class that were younger than you, you know, and trying to connect with them and, you know, just kind of trying to build that bond, right. With classmates and kind of figure it all out. Same thing can be said for our transformers. Like, you know, like you have the strong life community, have the team playborn community like leaning into it sometimes is also exposing yourself to other people right like that's the same thing embrace the community aspect of it you know what yeah I'm sure at this point like like you said it's miserable discipline has you showing up it's not as much fun as you thought it might be it's totally out of your comfort zone but what drives you forward like seriously if you quit how could you ever talk about it? How could you ever deal with that? If you just said, you know what, I'm out of here. Like it would be a total embarrassment for you. So you're not going to quit the same thing. You're telling people all about it on your podcast. It kind of fires you up to keep going. You know, it's the same thing about. Yeah, I'm, I, yes. You have zero option to conti not continue. No, I mean, I can't have a divorce yeah. and quit my master's program and like right. <laughs> I mean like and let's address that too right like holy shit like let's take all of the things and pile them on and like that's a that's a weird reality to be in but I was telling my mother like she's like could you quit and I'm like no I'm I'm accountable like I'm no, there's no, there's no situation where I quit and then ever feel good about it for more than five seconds. Like I, I would, and I wouldn't even, there's, there's, because the goal is requiring this. I didn't, I'm not in graduate school for any other reason than I need the credentials to write and I, to write the book and to learn like what I feel like I need to learn and to fill the gaps that I feel like I need to fill to be qualified to do the things that I want to do. So there's, there's no scenario where I just don't complete this. And and look, I'm a weird kind of person when it comes to embracing struggle. Um, but I have to ask, I know my answer. Would you rather so look, if, if this divorce was going to happen, no matter what, right? Like, let's just throw that out there. Isn't it almost a welcome distraction to have this 
opportunity to go to school, like while all this is going on at the same time, not to minimize your divorce, but like, isn't this kind of a nice or a good way to kind of focus on something else besides the negative that could come with that divorce? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to really get into some stuff here, but, um, when I separated from Jack's dad, the first thing I did was register for an Ironman. And the reason I did that was because I felt I had failed. I didn't trust myself. I felt like I had made a lot of bad decisions, a lot of bad choices. And I didn't want one minute when I wasn't with Jack that I wasn't physically suffering. That's literally why I did it. It took me seven months to train. I was like, if, if I wasn't with Jack, I was training or I was thinking about training. And so I learned the benefit of doing something productive to, to almost kind of counterbalance this tremendous feeling of failure. And that was, that was 20 years ago. I'm, in a similar situation, obviously different, where I'm I'm realizing, just like you said, that that's so interesting that I'm I'm again in a really difficult and unique personal time, have taken on one of the hardest challenges. And I now listen, I I I already knew I was gonna do this in February, but I didn't know that I would be here single. I, I really didn't. I know people are like, you didn't. I, I did not. I really did not. But I already had this kind of challenge, if you will, like lined up. So I suppose, you know, the divine timing is interesting. And yeah, I mean, would a bunch of idle time now be good for me? Probably not. You know, like probably not. And I'm, I'm forced now into the things that, you know, I don't have much free time and that's probably good for me in my brain, you know, physically I can be anywhere. Um, so yeah, I can, I, I totally get what you're saying. If I hadn't, if I hadn't started this graduate program, I probably would have done something else to, to, cause like over my dead body, am I going to decline as a human being through a difficult personal time? Like over my dead body, am I going to stop taking care of myself, start eating like an asshole, drinking, not sleeping? I do not understand that coping mechanism when you're struggling. I li- I do not understand it because it's so, it's so bad for you to take a tough situation and just neglect yourself on top of it. So people, there was no chance I was going to do that. Zero. People who do that are looking for the opportunity to get out, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. They they are looking for every opportunity they can find to say, you know what, it's not for me. It's not going to work for me. You know, I, I don't believe that at all. People who are committed, it's just like we talk about. If you want to find a way, you will find a way. Yeah. If you don't, you won't, period. So I I agree. I don't understand it either. The only thing that I can honestly in my mind come up with when I think about people like that is that they were never going to make it in the first place. Yeah. They actually want change. They're looking for an opportunity to get out. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, or you, you're kind of going back to your default 
Um, but I think for people who are going through hard things, put like dive into taking care of yourself because it's already like, for me, it's already hard. It's just, it's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts. I can't imagine also not being like, I also really enjoy the people I work out with, especially up here in Maine at the CrossFit up here. There's like a lot of just amazing people. It's competitive. I'm not good at this either though. I'm usually the, you know, I'm not the strongest. I'm so I'm, it's like, I'm in these constant environments where I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm like challenged, but I love that. I guess that's just the way it is. And I do understand why people drink and smoke and those things feel good in the short term. Like I get that. I do get that. I don't mean to make it seem like I don't understand, but it's just, it's an opportunity when the shit hits the fan personally to take care of yourself. Well, I think also, you know, we're talking about people who have come to us and said, and, and cause let's be honest, not everyone that comes to us has the same level of desire to get started. You know, some people are half in, half out when they show up. Some people are totally committed. And I think when you show up and like you tell me you're totally committed, I expect that commitment. You know, like if you show up and, you know, you're like, hey, I just want to give this a shot, see what it's all about. Okay, I understand, you know, like maybe you're figuring out along the way it really wasn't for you or whatever. But I, I got to be honest, it's it's so hard for me. Like when someone, and you've been through this recently, you, you know, you get these clients. My my dog died, Thir a 13-year-old dog. Super sad. I get it. I love dogs. They're like our family. They don't track for a week. They don't work out. It takes them a month to get back on track. Like, I'm like, and I'm like, what's, what's going on here? You know, like, what's the end game? You know, like, what is it about this that is stopping you from taking care of yourself? Are you still eating? Yes. Are you still waking up every day? Yes. Are you not able to go and work out some of these frustrations at a gym? Are you not able to make some good decisions with food? Like what's going on here? And I just, for me, I don't get it, man. I don't get it when people give up when shit gets a little bit hard in their life. I really don't. Yeah. Well, it's hard too, especially depending on where they are in their journey. Like when those bumps come up, it's like, it's just easy to keep delaying it, you know? And like, I do like to get people that have some, they can get some momentum going and really start to like, you know, see the benefits. Um, sure. but you're right. Like, I always think that too, like what, like you ate today. So just, you know, like you ate, why, why didn't you just like eat the right things? Like, why did you eat the wrong, you had to eat, you know, it's, it's, it is interesting. You know, I think Mitch is probably handling thing, situate the situation a little bit differently too, and going back to some default comfort things. And I think we have those, like we have, my default comfort is taking care of myself because it's like, at least I can do that. At the very least I can, I can like keep taking care of myself. And when, you know, like in the game of whack-a-mole, right. Where you, you nail two things and one pops up. I at least want to wake up with like, I, I want to go to bed or wake up a little bit proud of myself. Like, I just want that feeling. I wake up proud of myself. Like I'm, well, I, I think, and, you know, then the day goes to shit from there. Once I start studying, I, go to class, but 
Yeah, I look at it. I'm just so, kidding. No, I know what you mean, but I do look at it. And I, I, I know we mean the same thing, but I look at it differently. It's just an interesting perspective how you and I see that. So I don't want to ever go to bed feeling like a failure. So that's what drives me to do all the things I do throughout the day to stay on track. Right. I don't want to have that moment at night where I'm like, man, I really just screwed up this day. Like I did not, didn't work out. I didn't eat right. And you look at it differently. You want to wake up the next day feeling positive, you know, knowing mm -hmm. you're about mm -hmm. just an interesting perspective. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about feeling like a failure. You're thinking about feeling like a winner. Maybe I got to right. readdress. Well, whole I, I do think we have a natural tendency, like, like I, I was, I was out to dinner with a good friend of mine the other night and she is the glass half full person, not in an annoying way. Cause I couldn't handle that. I am, I am not like that actually. Like I, in the way she is, is so genuine. It's not like, it's not dismissive of people who are like me, but I'm a little more skeptical. I'm a little more like analytical. I'm, I think about things she didn't even occur to her. Like, and, and I love being around her because it's a nice, it's a nice blend. And I, I respect the way she is, but I think you and I, and like some of my friends, I was thinking, I got to get like positive. Friends. <laughs> like, Cause I, I do think I, I tip a little bit towards the, like, of worst case scenario could happen, but I'm not a worrier, like not at all, but it's like, if you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just life experience. You know what drives me that <laughs> I'm one of the, my like one of the one type of person that just absolutely, as Peter Griffin would say, grinds my gears, um, is the person that's half glass full for you, but everything they say about themselves is negative. Oh right, you know? like, yeah. It's like, oh, don't worry about it, Kendra. You'll be fine. But all day long, they're putting themselves down. Right, right. No good in their life. They only see goodness yeah. in Yeah, drives. yeah, yeah. My mother has a little bit of that in her. So it's like hard to have a conversation because you're like, you're just, there's, you want authenticity, you know? Like, that's what I always look for. And that's what I value most in people is like, just transparency and authenticity. And uh, so that always feels like a little like, what you know devil's advocate again like nobody needs a devil's advocate as a friend annoying. yeah it's it's so annoying but but i think you know back to this imposter syndrome and i don't, I don't have any comments on on our live yet although i'm sure we will um and i hope i went live in there actually because that app wasn't working the other day i think for me the actions I decided to take for this were to really focus on my own journey. And that that's going to take a little bit of work because I've gotten into some habits and there's, I have exposure. That's like, there are things that come at me more on social media. Now, number two is limiting my social media intake. I haven't had great boundaries because I'm, my hours are weird. I wake up and I kind of start the process of sharing my life in real time. And, you know, people don't always realize that, but it's like, I wake up and I start content. Um, 
and I didn't used to do that. I've had different bouts. Um, and then I'm kind of creating until I go to bed and it's like, that probably could change where I like contain it a little bit more. I think that can help as well. Um, I just noticed that's a little bit of a distraction. And then I think the last thing for me is just, it kind it kind of doesn't matter how I feel. I'm not saying like F your feelings, but like I'm committed, I have to do it. And so I'm going to have to make the best of this scenario. And I'm not going into this next semester. And when I go back to Florida, the same way I started the first one, I, I'm going to make some adjustments to see if I can maybe enjoy my time in Tampa and not get so caught up in, you know, whether or not I'm meant to be there. It's like, I'm there, I'm doing that, I'm learning, I'm I'm going to get better. It's going to get a little bit easier. And, and I'm gonna make the most out of this situation that I find myself in, you know? Yeah, and I also, if I had to guess, I would say that now that you've been there a little bit, you probably feel more like you are there to be mentored and developed. The The goal of the program isn't to fail you out. The goal is to bring you along. You know, certainly I'm sure people don't pass that program, but, you know, not people like you who are driven, want to learn and are all in on it. I'm sure you're going to be fine. I I think that's probably, you feel that way now, you know, yeah. initially probably very intimidating. Like, Hey, I might not pass this thing. Well, I mean, in my final exams were, I was back here and um, got the results, had an opportunity to redo some of it, couldn't do it because uh, I was traveling and so had to accept a grade I didn't want, but like I'm averaging out okay. Um, so it that tells me that I can do it even under the most stressful circumstances. I, you know, I got to Florida on a Sunday, started classes on a Monday, and then I was alone within four days. And like, you know, that is, that's a shock to the system. And so it's, but, you know, I've progressed since there. I've like, it's, I'm in a good place now. Thank God for like that. Um, but I think this idea that you can't, don't deserve to be where you are, that you are, you know, they're going to find out. Um, I don't think it's that uncommon for people. And yet I, I wonder too, if it has to do with the fact that when you're good at something, like I'm good at my job and then you are move into something else like this graduate program and I expect to be good at it, but oh yeah, I'm not like, how could I be? I expect to be like, I'm like, I'm supposed to just know how to write an introduction for a narrative review, but like, how could I know? I've never done that before. And what I'm learning is that my, to your point, my professors aren't expecting, well, one of them, the one guy is expecting mastery but like, I don't even have enough reps. Like I've, I have one rep writing an introduction to a narrative review, one. And so Dr. Campbell will rip it apart, like gladly. It's probably his favorite thing to do, but he wouldn't expect me to be able to write an introduction to a narrative review at his level. I expect that, but like who, but like how insulting to him 
that I would expect to be able to be at that level when I'm like a baby in this, in this world of research and writing and, you know, science and narrative reviews and like. But thank so, God for him because we don't get more yes. about his professionalism and his ability to do that to students. He's amazing for, he, he's, he wants everybody to have an opportunity. He shares the, his success. Um, he's, he's probably going to go down as one of the greatest mentors I've ever had. I just, yeah. um, because of his humility and his willingness to help and his, his candidness and transparency. And so when you have somebody like that, believing in you and honest with you also though, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to need to get you some help, but still believing in you it, that does help, you know, it helps. So we need each other to get through these times. Let's face it, Kendra. This is probably the first time in a long time that you are, are asking for feedback. You know, you've yeah. been very successful. <laughs> right, right. I haven't, yeah, I've I mean, like, like, I've made it a point to be like, actually don't give me your feedback. And now it is a constant, like you kind of suck at this feedback constantly. <laughs> Yeah, leave your I mean, feedback. Yeah, I can remember, so as a, as a sergeant major, as an executive in the army, you know, you can't be promoted anymore. There are people that have more experience than you, but you're all at the same level. You're all peers. And I can remember one time um, I went and I sat down with one of my, my bosses and I said, hey, I was like, so uh, tell me what you think. And, you know, I was pretty good at my job. I expected it all to be great. I did not get all great things back, right? Oof. And well, I remember it was a very, it was very enlightening. Like, first of all, it was appreciated that he was honest and had the courage to be honest and just tell me what he thought. And it wasn't all bad, but it wasn't what I thought it would be. But I learned a couple of things in those moments. Number one, um, be humble, you know, like, of course, you know, people are going to have more experience than you. People are going to see it differently than you. And it's okay. And then number two, probably the most important thing is don't ask for feedback if you don't want it. <laughs> you know, too many times in life, people ask for feedback expecting to hear how great they are. And when they don't hear it, it crushes them. Like I wasn't crushed, but I was definitely humbled. And it was yes. uh, something to keep in mind, I think, moving forward for me. Yeah. You know, you can't always ask for feedback if you're not willing to accept it. Right. Right. And take action. If you're going to continue, I, I mean, this is, this is the thing with our people. It's like, you're going to get feedback and now you have a choice. Like, are you going to take action and keep getting better? Or are you just going to be like, oh, I can't, I can't do macros. Like, no, you need to take the feedback and it's a humbling experience for people even to come in the app and get help and feel like they shouldn't be here. Everybody else is doing a better job. They have no idea what they're doing. They're never going to reach their goals. They're not the type that's ever reached their goals. Like that's, I can relate to that. And all your strong life people listening and whoever from team Playborn downloads and listens to this, I get it all the time. It's not mm -hmm. about getting feedback. doesn't have to be on this big grand scale, like you and your master's program, right? It can be something simple when a client reaches out to you and says like, hey, what do you think about my food choices? 
<laughs> it's funny you ask. I have some feedback for you, right? And then you proceed to give them some feedback. And, you know, again, you can give feedback without being an asshole. You can be helpful. But then that's when the butts start rolling back at you. Well, mm -hmm. but this, well, but this, you know, it's like, hey, you asked for feedback. I gave it to you. Now let's not make excuses. Let's make some changes. You know, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it is the, it's, I think that's really important. It's, it's carrying me through is also, also like Dr. Campbell's not going to do it for me. Like I can't ask him for all of the solutions. It's like, it's like, this is the assignment and I have to go figure it out and I can't be spoon fed. Like I know that the people that I coach, that this is new and this is hard but I can't make it easier. You have to get through the hard part. You just like, I can't, like, I can't come to your house and like make the meals for you. If I say, I need you to eat more protein, I need you to hit all of your macros. It's like, how am I supposed to do that? It's like, that's the work. That's why this is hard. I'm in that boat now. Like these are the 10 things you have to do. I don't know how to do any of them, but they're due next week. So I have to go figure out, and he knows I don't know. He knows it's the first time. He knows he he knows what he's doing when he's telling me I need to go do this. It's not like he isn't aware that I'm probably crying a little bit, and I'm like freaking out, and I'm probably procrastinating. Like, but that he can't help me with that. Like the I still have an assignment and a goal and a deadline, and so this it it can it can very much be the same way, and and. When I tell you that, like, those are the things that give me confidence that I came to the meeting, I met the deadline. Was it good enough or not? I won't know until I get it back. But like, I did my part and he gets to assess and say, okay, that wasn't good enough. That was, I need you to go do this. It's the same thing for, and those are, those are the things that are keeping me going is just in, and eventually I know I will feel I have the right to be here and that I've earned like some respect, some self-respect. And the same thing is true for our people. It's like, you might not feel, you know, we have people who want to be experts in a week and it's like, give yourself some time to learn. But if you quit, you're just, you're never gonna, you're never gonna learn. Like the assignment is to hit your protein. You have to figure that out. And, and, and like, there's no more tools. There's no more secret. There's, it's just like, you've got the tools, you got to use them. So I'm hoping I get to the point where it starts to, you know, the hardest thing, Kenny, is when you're executing, but you're not feeling it. I hate that. I hate that. Like, and that's where I am right now. There's I'm, I'm executing, but it's, I'm, I'm not syncing up. Like I'm not vibing with, <laughs> you know, it's like, but I'm hoping that you know, I've got one record player on 45 and one record player on whatever the other speed is. And I, I'm just, I'm looking for them to sync up here, you know, and for it to start to feel a little more comfortable. And that, that may not happen. I don't know. Cause every time I get comfortable, there's a new class where I'm like, oh, great. Neurology. Excellent. <laughs> no, thanks. You know, oh gosh. So um, so what are your closing words for today about imposter syndrome? Yeah, I think that, um, if you struggle with imposter syndrome, if it's, if it's something you legitimately deal with, um, 
I, I don't know that you can ever make it all go away because I think kind of like you've talked about today and when, when you put yourself purposefully um, in tough situations over and over, um, you're going to feel that way, you know, especially when you're surrounding yourself with people that know more than you or have done it before you and you lack experience. But kind of like you just talked about, there's that feeling isn't an excuse to stop showing up for yourself, you know, and keep trying and keep working and not be afraid to give yourself credit when you've actually done a good job, you know, when you're working hard, just like you are right now. You know, you might not be getting A's, you may not be the the valedictorian, or you may not be the class, you know, the, the favorite in the class, whatever, but you're going to keep showing up every day and doing the best you can and acknowledge the fact that you are doing really good work um, with where you're at. And I think it's really important to give yourself credit for stuff like that when it comes to imposter syndrome. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think that, and you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, and just like to, to kind of take it back to our clients, you know, not every day is going to be perfect. And sometimes you have to celebrate the wins you do have, you, you know, again, if your assignment's hitting protein and that's what Kendra's told you to do, Hey, celebrate that win when you hit it. And then, uh, you know, don't be afraid to give yourself credit for the work you're doing, even though it might not be perfect. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And we all have the right to be here doing this. Like every, this is, this is, this is for everyone. I say also, I, I know how overwhelming it is when you try to fast forward into like, what is it going to take? How am I ever going to lose 50 pounds? You got to boil it down to the one day at a time, one decision at a time. And you may go back and forth and vacillate back and forth between, oh my gosh, sometimes being overwhelmed, but, but you, that doesn't mean you can't execute. I, I was saying this to my mother, like big feelings are hard. Like they're just hard to have. Cause you want to get the, you want to get settled. Like when I have these feelings, big feelings, I call them, they're just, it's uncomfortable and you want to do whatever you can to get settled. But I think sometimes these are feelings saying like, you need to get out of the situation you're in. That's that can be true. But mostly for me, these are, I'm either in over my head, I'm probably not dedicating myself enough. I need to work on some time management. I need to refocus and just, you know, focus on what I need to do today because the, the big picture can be overwhelming. It can also be really exciting because for me, it's like, there's a 100% chance I'm writing a book. There's a 100% chance I'm doing this narrative review. And there's a 100% chance I'm going to have my master's in two years, you know, barring like disaster, but like, these are, that is exciting. It's just the process is, is a little bit painful right now. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but that's okay. Like, that's okay. I can still look back at a body of work and say, well, okay. I mean, that's done, right? I never have to take those classes again. And once you learn how to like track macros and show up and get in extra, you, you don't have to learn it again. You'll know it and just, just keep, keep at it. And I'm doing it with you. Like, and I, I understand the struggle. So, um, I appreciate your transparency too, Kenny, always, Yeah, well, yeah. you know, and your push up thing. It's yeah. good to know. Yeah.
Stuck with you, man. Rise me forward every day. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Share the show. We'll take five stars. Nothing less, please. Thank you so much, you guys, for your reviews. And um, we'll see you soon. Merry Christmas. See ya. Bye.